Pan, the spirit of nature, the spirit of the wild. Depicted as half man, half goat, some viewed him as a god, while others mistook him for the devil. Is Pan dead, or is this nature spirit everywhere, available to everyone for invocation? And how does ritual help in communing with him and other natural spirits? Consider this and more on this episode of The Supernatural Explorer. supernatural explorers heads up spoiler alert and warning while watching season one and two of the documentary hellier is not a prerequisite to understanding and enjoying this episode of the supernatural explorer i'm sure i mentioned this series enough to warrant a spoiler alert i'd like to start by offering my sincere gratitude for all involved in creating hellier because there seems to be something in that series for all seekers of the supernatural. There certainly was for me. If you're into the paranormal or the occult and you haven't seen it, I obviously highly recommend it. Give it a go. Without it, this episode on invoking Pan and discussing rituals would never have happened. Before I get to Pan, rituals and my ongoing post-Hellier journey since binge-watching two seasons in three days, I need to talk about the overall takeaway of this series. That is, recognizing and following synchronicities. Those meaningful coincidences that can guide you on your own magical journey if you allow yourself to trust them and follow them. I feel like Alan Greenfield gives some good advice on following synchronicities in his interview when he says, You should keep going until you reach a point where you feel it is detrimental to your physical or emotional health. Short of that, if you're not following synchronicities, consider that you may be missing out on a whole world of experiences. Synchronicities are the magic that happen without you even trying, except that you simply recognize them. And if you do follow them, they lead to more and more on and on, guiding you as needed. This I speak on from my own personal experiences for the last 19 years. Prior to that, life was simply not working for me. Most of my left brain efforts ran into brick walls, and very few things I did 
came to fruition. It was frankly extremely frustrating, and when I finally threw my hands up in defeat to this world and asked something greater than me, something unseen, good, all-loving, to guide my life, that's when the synchronicities and signs started clearly leading me. A concrete, real-world, practical example of this is how all my jobs in the past two decades came about through synchronicities, signs, and really pure magic. Each one better than the last, and my latest one I've been doing for almost eight years now. On the supernatural side of things, synchronicities led me into being able to connect with and feel things from a distance. So, following synchronicities and signs can be a good, crazy, fun time filled with experiences that will take you out of your comfort zone and accelerate your growth. And Hellier is a great public service announcement that attests to that one. When I finished binge-watching the series last Friday afternoon, I thought my head was going to explode. There were so many facets of the paranormal and the occult that seemed to be touched on, as evidenced by the spectrum of people from different paths that reached out to the crew trying to help them. I couldn't wait for my brain to process the info and spit out my own personal gifts. But based on how full my mind was with that information, I thought I'd have to wait at least three days. I was very surprised to get my first gift that same Friday night. Before I get into that, I want to talk a little bit about Pan, the nature spirit, the spirit of the wild. Had you asked me about Pan even a week ago? I wouldn't have known much. All I even vaguely remember about him is what I saw on the original Fantasy Island when I was a little kid. They may have gotten his half-man, half-goat look right, but they definitely did not portray him in a positive light. On at least one episode, he was shown with, like, flashes of red, and he looked angry and evil. And no doubt at the beginning of those episodes featuring Pan... Mr. Rock was all, smiles everyone, smiles, until he looked at the guest that was sure to encounter Pan, and then gave his secret concerned gaze, right before they cut the commercial. An ominous look for the devilish Pan. Then, in hearing Greg Newkirk talk about Pan on Hellier, it sounds like the Catholic Church gave Pan a raw deal as well, merging his image and making him synonymous with the devil horns and all. Hell, if I was an nature spirit and a religion was going out of its way to spread itself by forceful and other means, and it was pegging me as the bad guy, I'd disappear too. Go hide in a cave for a few centuries, perhaps, until people started seeing me in a better light. When I finished watching Hellier, that same day I had pan on my mind as I drove to New York to visit my friend Devlin. After a very long day of traveling, eating pizza, visiting his mom, talking some nonsense, drinking cognac, I headed up to bed. Devlin likes it cooler in the house than I do, so he let me keep a space heater with the fan in my room. That's something I don't normally use at home. As I settled into bed, I started running through my meditative ritual. That includes connecting with and rooting myself in Gaia, Mother Earth. And Pan popped into my head again. And I kind of flippantly asked my spirit team, Hey, can you please connect me with Pan? 
really not expecting anything. Especially with my energy so low from traveling around everywhere all day. I couldn't believe my ears when I immediately heard a musical flute. Thinking this had to be just some kind of crazy coincidence, I reached around on the bed for my phone, totally expecting to see some type of alert or alarm going off, even though I knew I didn't have any flute tones on my phone. The music lasted for about 30 seconds and was clearly coming from somewhere. I wanted to be rational, but within that I also recognized that I had just called out for Pan and he answered... I was impressed and very curious. The next morning I asked Devlin if anyone in the townhouse next to him played the flute, even though in the years he's lived there, I've never heard any noise coming from next door. And the flute music sounded like it was coming from within my room, not next door or from outside. So allowing myself to fully believe that Pan was indeed playing his flute for me, making himself known to me, My mind then filled in the blanks on how this was possible. I have heard human voices from spirits twice before, and I have heard what I can only describe as angelic singing and music many times, but all of these happen when I was deep in my meditative state, well-rested, in the zone, and connected with my spirit team. Never when I was drained, thrown out half-baked requests. So why did this work so well this time? Why was I able to hear Pan's flute? I think the trick here is related to why I think ghost boxes work and why I think emotional teenagers seem to elicit higher than normal amounts of poltergeist activity. Providing spirits with a medium and energy that they can then work with has to be infinitely easier than if that medium or energy doesn't exist. Remember, I said I had a fan heater in the room when I heard Pan's flute. I normally meditate in silence, which requires me to go into their realm, the spiritual, to hear anything. A fan, on the other hand, puts sound waves into the air on this realm, neutral, white noise type of sound waves, that a spirit with any kind of power can easily manipulate, obviously. Emotional teenagers create a tremendous amount of energy on this realm. So much emotional energy that they have little to no idea how to manage it. The energy they do have a handle on is theirs to guide and use, but the energy they don't have a handle on can potentially be used by spirits to move objects and create other physical, visual, and auditory paranormal phenomena. Always felt that spirits use our energy to do things on this realm, but haven't been able to explain it as well until now. Another gift, another side effect from watching Hellier. Now to talk more specifically about invoking Pan or any good spirit you wish to communicate with and learn from, which leads naturally into the discussion of rituals as well. This is way too broad a subject to cover every facet of, So all I can do is relate this to my own personal experiences and point out what I think the key points are. Short of developing your own meaningful rituals and knowing the reasons and intention for everything you're doing, I can totally see why people use 
rituals other people developed. Why reinvent the wheel? Especially if you feel like you don't know exactly what you're doing, right? However, if you look at what happened with Pan and I, how much invoking a ritual was actually involved? I didn't have to go into a cold, dark cave or say any special words, do any ceremonies or leave any gifts. I got to lay in a warm, comfortable bed and make a simple request in my mind. While it did indeed seem simple, I do have a lot of experience with rituals and invocations when it comes to spirits and the unseen in general. So let me break down what I believe the important elements are. Important element number one, protection. Unless it totally slips my mind, which I'm human, it sometimes does, I imagine my spirit team all around me, the best of the best, all powerful, all loving, and capable of being compromised, infiltrated, or defeated in any way. Any intention, ritual, ceremony that does something like that, I imagine would work for you as well. Mine is all done with my mind. And when I'm home, I'm also surrounded by rocks, crystals, and objects that I consider sacred. Important element number two, providing a medium or energy for the spirit to work with. For this, I use myself because I'm able to still my mind through much effort and practice. And still the energy of my body, my being, spirits can use me as the medium. Without being able to make yourself available as the medium, I now see how having other energies there, like the sounds coming from a ghost box or a regular fan, would work as well. Emotions seem to work too, but to seek spiritual contact when you are not in control of your emotions, to me feels like uh, you're asking for trouble. (laughs) I could see how a cave can also help to provide a good medium, like the Hellier crew used in Invoking Pan, because the stones can emit a certain energy that can in turn influence you and together help provide the medium. Short of being able to still your mind, your energy, or having a ghost box, god helmet, or cave handy, one thing anyone could pay attention to, to discern if something is trying to connect with you or not, is your own gut, your own emotions. And I believe at least some of the Hellier crew experienced and can attest to that one. Important element number three, routine. Having a set routine in the form of a ritual helps ensure that you are in the right state to connect and that important elements number one and two happen every time as well. If you find things are getting in the way of your ritual, your routine, consider taking that as a sign to try another time. However, if you can successfully make your way through your routine and you feel balanced and otherwise not in physical or emotional danger, consider that as your green light to proceed. To me, those seem like the important elements to allow the magic to happen. Now I feel it important that I make a note here about using sacrifice in any form during ritual. The truth is, everything that occurs on this physical plane is really a metaphor for the spiritual, the unseen with which we are trying to connect. As above, so below, so to speak. Sacrifice is a metaphor for surrendering your own ego. If you understand that, 
You know that only you can do your own sacrificing. Only you can sacrifice your own ego. Nobody can do it for you, and you can't do it by sacrificing something other than yourself, your ego. If you don't understand that, then you really shouldn't be sacrificing anything, period, because you factually don't have an understanding of what you're doing. And you are either negligently or intentionally being misguided. And in that case, you actually have to develop your ego and your understanding of it and yourself more before you can bear to do without it. Food for thought there. Okay, enough talking about invocation and rituals and cautions. Now let's get to the fun part, actually doing it. As I said, my brain is still processing a lot from Hellier. But in the meantime, I'd like to connect with and explore the things that are standing out for me so far. First, I want to see what the deal is with that cave in Somerset, Kentucky that the Hellier team went into to invoke Pan. Then, naturally, I totally want to connect with Pan again. This time, from my sacred meditative space while I'm all fresh and rested. Then, there was mention of the possibility of little green men further down into that cave. I feel drawn to check out one of those guys. Are they goblins or something else? Like a brand new term I just learned, ultra-terrestrials. Love that term. To me, ultra-terrestrials are like ETs that are spiritual masters. Or even better, like angels or archangels. I may be totally wrong, but that's what I'm going with until corrected. And if these little green men do exist, and they are below Somerset, Kentucky, working their supernatural magic, it's not far-stretched to see how our planet could stand to benefit from something like that. We'll see. Finally, the thing I understand the least, but that still stood out to me, was Sirius, the brightest star in our sky that supposedly has some relation to Pan and other things that are way above my pay grade. Nonetheless, I find myself curious, so without any further ado, I'm going to take a short break, take it down a few notches, go through my ritual, get in my zone, and go in. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I just remembered I have a fan next to me. Because when I go into my zone, I'm going to put the fan on to have sound vibrations in the air, a white noise. So if anything wants to talk to me, it will have sound waves in the air already. I'm going to go into my state, and I'm going to be asked to be connected with the area of the cave that the Hellier crew went to on episode 10, end of season 2, where they did their invocation for Pan. Alright, let's go in. I gotta be honest, the fan's distracting me. That was a fluke thing the other night, and now a skill I have to develop. The fan's new, and it's distracting me, so I'm going to shut the fan off and go back in. Hmm. The energy of the cave is a little wanky. 
they were feeling emotional there, some of them, right? I think I remember that was that cave. I feel like they were in a few cave-like settings. But I feel like in that cave, is that the one where they were a little emotional? Yeah, this energy is... Mm, let me describe what I feel. Yeah, I feel the energy coming up in a strong way through feet, legs, calves, up my legs. It doesn't get too far up my legs, and but somehow from there is able to twist my emotions, which I feel more in my heart, solar plexus kind of area. I feel like somehow from down there that's able to, to or has an influence and twists my emotions a little, twists my energy a little. I'll tell you why that concerns me. I think of rock, specifically rock that's beneath the ground, as pure, meaning it's been around since the earth formed from molten whatever, and rocks formed those caves underground and the rock from the caves underground are the most untouched yet accessible rocks. Everything above ground is probably influenced by the energy of our environment that we create in some way. But I imagine the deeper you go down into a cave, the more I'd expect rocks to feel neutral. I wouldn't expect rocks to feel any way but neutral. They're the grounding of the outer layer of the earth it seems like they should be neutral so it doesn't surprise me if this energy is representative of the energy of the area I mean for people who aren't experiencing emotional twistiness I would say that makes them stronger in some way because they're overcoming that resistance. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It is what it is. It's a twisty energy that if you rise to the challenge of it because you either by luck or self-awareness, you're that much better for it. Now you can go into other areas of the world that are less twisty and when there's flare-ups that are twisty, well you already lived in a twisty land. A flare-up of a twisty emotion doesn't bother you any. But if you're not as self-aware and you're more easily influenced by these things. Yeah, it makes sense, the energy I'm feeling. Is it just because it's different? I mean, twisty could just be different. Isn't this one of the areas where, where the most crystal something, crystal deposits, quartz, something like that, below the land? So maybe it's not a good or bad thing. Just the energy is different here. This is what this energy does to people some people succumb to it some people overcome it so yeah I'm glad I went there it's not a good bad thing it's just this area is different know why this area is different and make a conscious decision is this area for you or not I haven't felt the whole city but we'll just speak to this cave <laughs> if you're up for a challenge go into the cave but if you're down just for being peaceful and connecting with nature or some energy in nature, uh, I'd think I'd stick more to nature than this cave. And I think of Pan as a nature spirit, and Pan played the flute for me 
on Long Island on the second floor of a townhouse, not near any woods or caves or anything, when I least expected it. So, do you have to go into a cave to connect with Pan? I think not, and I wouldn't go into this cave. I don't recommend this cave. Unless you're trying to fortify or test your emotional steadiness. Like a strengthening exercise. But I'd be mindful about going into this cave. In my personal opinion. (laughs) I'm going to revisit the cave. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is what the, I believe the energy does and why I just, just described it the way I did. Something about the energy of this cave takes, amplifies. I feel it most in my solar plexus area to sacral chakra area. Solar plexus being personal power in my understanding, and sacral being related to creativity, creation, reproduction. And I feel like a lot of wrong emotions are felt in your solar plexus. I don't want to go into a dissertation on why, if you can experience emotions in your heart without words, it's a healthier way to experience emotions than experiencing emotions with words through your solar plexus. But I could say that to the degree you experience emotions with words through your solar plexus that run you a little awry, maybe going to the land of the no longer useful but dramatic, to the degree that you do that is the degree this area would affect you. And influence you. I imagine someone who just. The world doesn't toss them around too much. But if they are feeling emotions related to that. They would feel them mostly in their heart. In a balanced way. And the emotion is just letting them know. This too you must balance. Like the purest form. Watered down form of an emotion. So going down into the cave could be a. Rite of passage. I went down to the cave and wow, I was feeling really wanky. I went down to the cave and I actually was able to meditate and be at peace. I learned the lesson of the cave. So, whatever I said about the cave before, I believe I switched it slightly on second visit. Yeah, something that throws me off. I might, without examining it, jump to the conclusion, oh, that's bad. But, I'm now seeing this teacher can be a cave and this cave can be a teacher. I only recommend this cave for people who have enough awareness to understand what this cave does. And I'm just going to hypothesize that the deeper you go into the caves, the more you're going to be facing yourself on deeper levels. That's my hypothesis. Some people say that they believe those little green men down there And those little green men may or may not be ETs, goblins, just spirits that are sometimes seen as solid, but they're mostly just nature or earth spirits. I don't know what's going on down there, but people talk about little green men down there. Now, if I was a little green man and I was ultra-terrestrial or a djinn 
or something like that. Where I know where I come from and I'm tapped into a high intelligence. It'd be really maintenance-free security system to have rocks that are very powerful that set off things in people, emotions, strong things in people, where if they can't face that within themselves, they're not going to go further into the cave. And they might not even be fully aware of what is going on for them. They just, you know, like, oh, all this stuff's coming up for me. and I feel off. I feel nauseous. That's a great, um, I know I'm spinning tails, but that's a great, um, security system it almost ensures the people that get through are going to be of a certain substance or balance I like that and for people who have maybe artificially gotten through in the past <laughs> maybe that's when the guy with the magic wand and the crystal comes out and zaps you I don't know <laughs> I'm just spinning tails off of tails but Let's get together with our new friend, Pan. See what he's all about. I hope uh, my view of him stays the same and even increases after meeting him. I hope he is just a nature spirit. And I, I don't mind a good practical joker. It's all the intention. So if he's a trickster, but it's in a fun way, and he's a nature spirit, we'll see. I want to meet him. So can I please be connected with Pan? All right, just to give a little of my resume, if you don't know it, I've been connecting with things from a distance, I'd say for a solid three years. And my history is with seeing if things are attached to people and then having that taken care of if it turns out to be the case. And I've met some pretty demonic things in my work. This is not that. Pan... (laughs) With my eyes closed, the energy came through very strong and palatable. No mistaking that I was connected to something that was large, way beyond the scope of my 8x8 room. I felt my vibration elevated, and I felt like things got brighter with my eyes closed. So far, so good. I'm going to hang with them. All right. I'm going to go pan, and we're going to go visit one of those little green men. Let's see. Hello, Brainiac. (laughs) So this is interesting, because for me to feel stuff, I have to feel my energy in my body. Connecting with pan, he's expansive feeling. So I got to somehow stay connected with him, but also feel myself inside of me. So that took a little while. And then I got to take all that and then ask to be connected with a green man. And what I'm already feeling is fantastical. And so try not to get excited about it. And then I feel my energy all in my head in a very complex, almost convoluted to me feeling way. There's a lot of mental activity, high-level mental activity going on. That's what it felt like to me. If there were just rocks down there or no kinds of... I can't say if it's a 
physical being or a spirit or a spirit that appears physical to people. I can only say the energy I felt and the energy I felt felt highly intelligent. I want to reconnect with it and maybe step back from the intelligence. The intelligence didn't feel dark. It just felt figuring, working. So they're working at something, or at least this one's working at something. Let's see if we can get to what it's working at. I'm going to ask Pan to take the lead on this one. (laughs) He probably knows this guy. I'm going to step back. All good in the hood. Heard ringing in my ears in a pleasant way. I feel like the mental activity, spiritual activity, energetical stuff that at least this being is focusing on is helpful. A good thing. Alright. I'm going to ask our new green friend and Pan. Pan's definitely coming. I think Pan knew he was coming. (laughs) before I went in but the green guide I don't think knows so I'm going ask him if he wants to come and we're all going to go distance visiting serious this is no joke stuff that hellier crew however you think of whatever's greater than us this is just my word for it Divinely led, having fun following synchronicities for a much greater purpose. I'm not going to tell you what I felt. (laughs) Follow your synchronicities. Follow your path. Do what resonates with you. Go find out for yourself. It should say something that I don't need to connect with any beings or representatives from Sirius. Connecting with Sirius itself is enough. Alright. I'd once again like to thank the whole cast and crew of Hellier. Great, great series. Great set of tools. I'll read the conclusion I wrote because I I find I can't even think. (laughs) I think half of me still on Sirius with Pan and our new green friend. To wrap things up, in conclusion, consider the value for you in following synchronicities. I've been doing it with success for about two decades. The Hellier gang seems to have enjoyed themselves and learned a lot from following their synchronicities. What might you all find from following yours? Till next time, everyone. Peace.